This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are, that are watching today. And we're delighted to have those watching today for the first time. Thank you for tuning in. Now today we want to talk about a good man who was in need of Jesus. I hope that you'll stay tuned as we talk about this particular man. He's found in the Bible. But he was in need of Jesus. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and may I emphasize the fact that it's free. In order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. The book of Acts is a book of Bible conversions. It contains a record or an account of what people did in the first century to become Christians. And, and the place that I plan to read today is from the 10th chapter of Acts, and it likewise contains an example of conversion to Christ. The thing that is different about this one uh, versus the ones prior to this in the book of Acts is this deals with a Gentile. And I want to read now verses 1 and 2 of Acts chapter 10. That there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius, by all standards that men use, what was a good man. And the story of Cornelius found in the 10th chapter of Acts is the story of a man in need of Christ and the story of a man who led his family to Christ. That there are five things that I would like to notice, uh, notice about Cornelius. And first of all, let's think about him as the man involved in this story. Who was Cornelius? Well, the, the Bible describes him as being a soldier. He, he was a centurion of the band that was called the Italian band. He, he was in charge of a hundred soldiers. And so he was a, a military man. Uh, another thing we learn about Cornelius was that he was a very devout man. He was a man of principle. And also we, we learned that he was a man that feared God. He is a man who had a great deal of respect for God. Uh, in contrast, there are people who have no fear of God before their eyes. 
according to Paul in Roman, the, Romans, the third chapter. And so Cornelius feared God, but he was also a good family man. He feared God with all of his house. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if every man, every father, every husband could, would fear God with all of his house? Uh, another thing we learned about Cornelius was that he was a very uh, giving man, generous, liberal. He gave alms to the people. He gave much alms to the pre people. And then another thing we learned about him was that he was a man who prayed to God. He prayed to God always, verse 2. And we learn later that his prayer had been heard. In verse 30, 31 it says, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. And we know that for which Cornelius prayed by looking at the answer. What happened in his life? And he had someone to come to him and tell him what to do to be saved. So another thing we learned about him is that he was an unsaved man. Back in the 11th chapter of Acts and in verse 14, when Peter, who came to the house of Cornelius and spoke to he and his family, got back to Jerusalem, Peter's brethren called him in on the carpet, so to speak, because he had been preaching to Gentiles. But in verse 14 he said that Cornelius was told to call for him, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Now Cornelius needed to be saved. He needed to learn what to do to be saved. So he was an unsaved man. According to verse number 22, he was a just man. Isn't it a wonderful thing that Cornelius was a, very, a man of justice? And then he was a man that, of good report. In verse 22 again, it says, They said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one that feareth God, and of good report among all of the nation of the Jews. Well, when you stop and think about the character of this man, the, the, the characteristics of his life, a soldier, yes indeed, a devout man, God-fearing man, a praying man, a, a liberal man, a, a praying man, a just man, a man of good report. But still, Cornelius was an unsaved man. Now, there was a preacher who came to his house. His name is Peter. And I want us to think about Peter. You know, Jesus had said to, to the apostle Peter in the 16th chapter of Matthew, I'm going to give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter used the keys of the kingdom on the day of Pentecost to open up the kingdom of God as it were to the Jewish nation. It was Peter who preached the first recorded gospel sermon under the Worldwide Commission. And he preached it to the Jewish nation. Then in Acts the 10th chapter, it was Peter who would open up the kingdom of God to the Gentile world, preaching at the house of Cornelius. So Peter, the one to whom the Lord promised the keys of the kingdom, came to the house of Cornelius. 
but it took a miracle to get him to preach to the Gentiles. And the reason it took a miracle is because there was such prejudice uh, toward the Gentiles. Go back to Acts the 10th chapter and look in verse 9. He said, On the morrow as they went on their way and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein will all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed thou shalt not call common. This was done thrice, that is, three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquire for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, who, who was named, uh, whose surname was Peter, were lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, and doubting nothing, for I have sent them. And then Peter went down to the men that were sent unto him for Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am him whom you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews was warned from God by an holy angels to send for the end of this, his house and to hear words of them. And of course, so the next verse says, the next day Peter went with them. It took that sheet coming down that had the clean and the unclean in it and that it took the Lord convincing him not to call unclean what God said was clean. That, that was a way of letting Peter know that you're to go and preach to the Gentiles. And Peter went, and it took a miracle. And he did something that's a real hard even for some people today to do. There's still a lot of prejudice in our world. And sometimes there are those that will be more than happy to preach to one group of people, but they not, may not want to preach to another group of people. But my Bible teaches that we're to preach the gospel to all men, regardless of who they are or where they are, regardless of the texture of their skin, regardless of where they live, regardless of what they have or don't have. All men have a right to the gospel. Well, when Peter came to the house of Cornelius, that, that was a scene of a great service there. I want you to notice, especially down in verse 24. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and he'd called together his kinsmen and near friends. Now here's Cornelius at home. He sent men to get Peter to come over to his house. It took a miracle to, to get Peter to realize that he needed to go preach to the Gentiles. But while he's waiting for Peter to come, 
Cornelius starts uh, giving invitations. And he asks for all of his near kinsmen, all of his friends to come. And, and Peter was coming in and, and Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and he worshipped him. Oh, that was a mistake, wasn't it? Because Peter said, stand up. I myself am also a man. You, you don't fall down and worship me. I'm not to be worshipped. And, and so the house is filled with people. And he wanted to fall down and to worship at the feet of Peter. But Peter said in verse 34 and 35, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And that's another way of saying I now realize that not only am I to preach the gospel to the Jewish world, I'm to preach it to the Gentile world as well because God is absolutely no respecter of persons. And that's true today as well. We're to preach the gospel without fear or favor and without prejudice or bias in our hearts. Now, that's the scene of this service. We've talked about the man, Cornelius. We've talked about the preacher, that's Peter. And he has, Cornelius has all of his family, all of his friends gathered together. Now, what are you going to say to a group of people like that? I remember a trip that I made down into South America to, to Guyana, South America. And, and one night, we, we got in a little boat and when I say it was a little boat, it was a little boat. It was a dugout, as I recall, one that was handmade. And we went down the river. I had absolutely no idea where we were going. And people were passing us in their dugouts. And I wondered, well, what's, where, where are we going? Is there a supermarket down here or something? I didn't know. And then finally, we got to a little building on the side of the river. That's where I was going to be preaching that night. And all the people came together. All those people that, we had, passed, that had passed us in canoes and all of those that we passed in canoes were headed to the church building. And that night I preached by kerosene light hanging from the ceiling of that little building. And I wondered, well, what am I going to say to these people? What, what will I say? And I said to them that night some of the very same things that, that Peter said when he came to the house of Cornelius. Because I said to them that night what Peter said on the day of Pentecost, recorded in the second chapter of the book of Acts, and he repeats some of those same things in the tenth chapter of Acts. So let's see what he said to them. Notice what he said in verse number 42. In verse 42, he explained that he had been commanded to preach. Listen to him. And he, uh, let's go back to verse uh, 41. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even of us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. He had just explained in verse 40 that, that Jesus Christ died and that Jesus Christ had been raised from the dead. And he said in verse 42, And he commanded us, to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead and to give all the prophets witnesses uh, 
a witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. Now that's what Peter initially is beginning to preach to them. In verse 42, he, he preaches that Jesus Christ is judge. He ver- preaches in verse 43 that the prophets gave witness to Jesus Christ. And then in verse 43, he said to, to Cornelius in his household that whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And so he's preaching about Jesus. That's the very same thing Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. He preached about his death, his burial, his resurrection. And on that day, there were people who responded. Well, let's see what happened at the house of Cornelius. Let's let's read about the results beginning in verse number 44. And we'll read down to the very end of the chapter. Now, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, now that, was, that would have been the, the, the Jews, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Well, now what astonished them? Because that on the Gentiles also poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. That astonished the Jews. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. I want you to notice what's happening here. Peter is speaking. And the Holy Spirit falls on these people in the house of Cornelius. And when the Holy Spirit poured out upon them, the others that were there heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. If you go back to the second chapter of Acts, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared on them cloven tongues, like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On that occasion, the apostles had the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And it allowed them to speak languages. Well, someone says, what, what do you think about the tongues in the Bible? Brother Lambert, I think they were tongues. I think they were languages. But going back to Acts chapter 2, we find that they were languages that people understood. Well, notice it. They, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. There was a language and it was the language that other people spoke in. And they were amazed and marveled saying to one another, Behold, are not all of these which speak Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? 
And then he talks about all of the different human languages that were present that day. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, and so forth. Here were people gathered in Jerusalem from all over the then known world. And, and the apostles needed to preach to these people. And God endowed them through the Holy Spirit to speak languages that they had not studied that they had not learned. And there was a reason for that, that they might be able to preach to these people from all over the world in the various languages and dialects which they spoke. This is what happened at the house of Cornelius. Somebody says, how do you know that? Well, when Peter got back to Jerusalem, he began to rehearse by order what had gone on at the house of of Cornelius. And down in verse number 15 it says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. Who is the us in that verse? And what is the beginning? Well, the beginning and the us refers back to the time that the apostles had the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And the, the time was the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. The us in Acts chapter 10 and verse 15 are the apostles. And the beginning is the beginning of the church. And so as I began to speak here at the house of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit fell on them just like it did on us at the beginning. And then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water. Well, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit for, for as much then. Now, I want you to notice carefully verse 17. For as much then as God gave unto them. Who are the them in that verse? The Gentiles. The like gift as he did unto us. In other words, he gave them a gift like he gave to us. They gave to the apostles who believed on the Lord Jesus. What was I that I could withstand? And when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, and this is what they said. This is what the Jews said. Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted, granted repentance unto life. You see, the, the, in, at the house of Cornelius, they indeed began to speak with tongues after the Holy Spirit came upon them. But if they had the like gift as they did on the day of Pentecost, the tongues that the people had at the house of Cornelius were languages that people could understand. It was not some unintelligible gibberish. It was something that a man would understand when he heard it. Because it was like the very thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. And so when they saw them speaking in these tongues or heard them speaking in these tongues and magnify God, they, they then answered Peter. And this is the question that Peter asked. Can any man, can any man forbid water? Somebody says, well now, Brother Lambert, what do you think that word means? Well, what do you suppose that water means when he said, can any man forbid water? I think it means water. You know, H2O, water. Can any man forbid water? 
that these should not be baptized. In other words, who can prevent these people from being baptized just like we were? Like people were on the day of Pentecost. Then can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized because they have received the Holy Spirit just like we have. Now notice verse number 48 now. And he commanded them to be baptized. Baptism is a command of God. I hear people say sometimes that there are certain commands of God that are non-essential. And some commands of God are essential commands. I did not know that there was any such thing as a non-essential command of God. If God commanded it, it's something God expects us to do. It becomes essential. And this says he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then prayed they him to tear certain days. These people were baptized. Now let's analyze what we've learned about the house of Cornelius. Here's a good man, but he's without Jesus Christ. He needed Jesus Christ. And he's been praying. I believe he was praying for somebody to come and tell him, to open his eyes, to tell him words whereby he could be saved. And so Peter is to come to his house. He was told to call, send men, and to get Peter to come to his house who will tell him what to do in order that he might be saved. So the men go, and then Peter is convinced to come to the house of Cornelius by the vision that he had. And when he came, he finds the people gathered together in a room. And he had all of his friends. He had had all of his relatives gathered there. You talk about a, a, a revival. This was the scene of a revival that was going to happen. And, and Peter, the first thing Cornelius wanted to do is fall down at Peter's feet. But Peter told him to stand up. I'm just a man. And then Peter began to talk to him about Jesus. And he talked to him about Jesus' life, his death, his, his resurrection. And Cornelius and his family were baptized. A good man, but he needed Jesus. I'm talking to some good men right now. I'm talking to some good women. I have an idea that your neighbors talk about you being such a good person. But you can be good from the standpoint of a human standard, but you still need Jesus. And I would encourage you to do just the very same thing Cornelius and his family did. After hearing of the message about Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection, they wanted to be baptized and they were baptized in the name of the Lord. I believe there are people all over the world that want to do that. And I want to encourage you today. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.